Oral questions by members? Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, all week we have been raising concerns about the crisis in health care and the impact it's having on people right across this province. Five months ago, Cynthia Rossi rushed her eight-year-old son, Jackson, to the Abbotsford Regional Hospital. Young Jackson was screaming in pain, with violent headaches, and violently throwing up. But instead of getting the care he needed, Jackson was discharged with some Advil, and his parents were told to come back the next day if it got worse. Tragically, things did get worse, and young Jackson died the next day at BC Children's. So my question is to the Premier. What does the Premier have to say to the Rossi family and to so many others who aren't getting the health care they need due to our understaffed hospitals that are overwhelmed with patients? Minister of Health. Um, Honourable Speaker, uh, the loss of uh, a child in these circumstances, the loss of a child in any circumstances is tragic. Uh, in these circumstances, Honourable Speaker, uh, of course, we can't speak to the specific case. It would be totally, I think, inappropriate for me to speak to that in this House. Uh, we, our hearts go out to everyone involved, especially the family, but of course, Honourable Speaker, to everybody involved. Everybody would be gutted by the circumstance. Surely everybody in this House is gutted by these circumstances. Uh, in general, Honourable Speaker, decisions about what actions to be taken are led by emergency room uh, uh, staff, particularly doctors. They make decisions and assessments, and they consult with families and about a course of action. That's in general. In this case, Honourable Speaker, the Executive Director of Abbotsford Regional General Hospital and the Staff Medical Director have met with the family this week. Supports are going out to the family. And there is a review going on, an independent review of the case by the Patient Care Quality Council, which is the appropriate place for these issues to be assessed and for recommendations to be made. And that's the process that's going on, but our hearts go out to everybody involved. Leader of the Official Opposition, supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, the problem, Mr. Speaker, is that this situation has been compounded by the lack of transparency from this government. The Minister just said, and Fraser Health concurs, that they're refusing to speak to the specifics of Jackson's care, claiming that they're unable to do so, even though they've got the written consent of the parents to do so. Now, according to the Privacy Commissioner of BC, this position taken by the government is just wrong. Michael McAvoy says, and I quote, a public body might have other reasons for not wanting to release the information but privacy won't be one of them, end of quote. So will the Premier direct the Health Minister to ensure the release of all the details of what went horribly wrong in the tragic and unnecessary death of Jackson Rossi? Minister of Health. Well, Honourable Speaker, that is, of course, not what I said. And, and I really think, Honourable Speaker, this uh, discussion uh, requires solemnity because the circumstances of Jackson's death require that, from all of us, I think. In this case, all information, all information in the case belongs to the family. And all information 
will be provided to the family. So not to the news media or to others, but to the family, because it's their information to do with as they see fit. As I understand it, the staff medical director met with the family this week. They'll be meeting with the family again. There's a request for information about the case. All of that information will be provided to the family. Those are the circumstances in the case. That's as it should be. The member is a former Minister of Health, as it's a health critic. They understand this, but that information belongs to them and it will be provided to them. Member for Prince George Vermont. We have an overwhelmed health care system that failed this family. Health information belongs to the patient, not the government. And they owe it to this family and all British Columbians to be fully transparent about what happened. Parents have a right to know. Cynthia Rossi says, not my words, the words of a grieving mother, and I quote, I don't understand why my son doesn't deserve a voice. It's outrageous. It sickens me, end quote. Of course we treat this with solemnity. A young boy lost his life, and what these parents want this minister to do is to ensure that they receive the information they are entitled to. Fraser Health acknowledged that until last month, they were even unaware that Jackson had died on December 28th, which means there was a total breakdown of communication between health authorities. And that's just a symptom of what's going on in our healthcare system. To the minister, what went wrong and what is he going to do to ensure that it never happens to a family again in this province? Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable Speaker, um, uh, I've said it the previous time and, and I know that um, it's important that the opposition ask questions. The family will have all the information, full stop. The family will have all the information that belongs to them. On their request, they will have it. That is my expectation and that is what will happen. Member for Prince George Wilmont, supplemental. Well, I can say this to the minister. No family should have to go to the media to ask to move that information that they deserve, that belongs to them, is given to them. When a tragedy happens, the onus should not be on a grieving family to make sure that there is communication between health authorities. That's the minister's job. And it's not their job to figure out, after the loss of their child, how to initiate a review process. It's been five months, no action from the government, and when the family asked questions, they were stonewalled. The question the family is asking is how are they supposed to trust this government? How are they supposed to get the information that they deserve when they have been the only ones looking for answers about the loss of their son for the last five months? Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable Speaker, one. There's an independent review underway, and it should be independent, and it should be the right of every family to request such a review. That's a decision that we made as a legislature, and I support, and I believe members of the opposition support. Those reviews were brought in under a predecessor minister of health of, of mine, uh, Mr. Abbott, and uh, I strongly support that process, and that independent review and its independence is fundamental uh, for patients and for all staff in BC. 
there's significant, there are obviously circumstances here that, re that require and have, have, uh, have led to this request for review and it's ongoing, first of all. Second of all, with respect to information regarding uh, an individual's health, uh, that information belongs to the patient. Fraser Health will be providing that information. But the executive director of Abbotsford Regional Hospital and the staff medical director have met with the family. And uh, I, I don't, uh, it's certainly my expectation and my, uh, and my intent that all information related to the case be shared with the family. That's an important distinction. Of course we don't debate the actions of medical professionals in the legislature, specific actions they take in particular cases. Of course we don't. And members of the House will understand that. But I think they'll also understand the absolute right of the family to that information. It's my expectation they get it, and they will. Leader of the third party. Thank you, Honorable Speaker. And I think we've seen a pattern emerge in this government at becoming very good at shielding itself from accountability when a public needs to know that they're actually here to serve them. News articles this week show how this province needs to do better to prepare us for floods, fires, and landslides. A quick scan of what we're hearing in the media, the Vancouver Sun says, quote, more potentially fatal landslides, severe flooding ahead, unless BC enacts reforms. CBC says, quote, emergency operations center activated on BC's north coast in anticipation of flooding. And from the Vancouver Sun earlier in May, quote, we're not prepared when extreme wildfires and flooding hit BC. Alan Chapman, the former head of the River Forecast Center, said that the Premier, quote, deflects accountability for failures within government. He said that the floods and landslides that we saw last year were all foreseeable. They weren't only tied to climate change, according to the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. They were tied to poor land management practices like extensive logging and logging roads in river valleys and on mountain slopes. He said that the provincial government had all the information they needed to heed the warnings to vulnerable communities and to plan ahead but that's not what happened last year, Honourable Speaker. My question through you is to the Premier. What has he done differently this year to prepare British Columbians for the disasters exacerbated by reckless land use practices that we're guaranteed to see? Minister of Forests. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I thank the member for the question, and I'm, I'm only too happy to talk about everything that we have done to get ready for this year, because we full well, as, as the member has said, it, it is an issue around climate change, but it is issues that, around other things, and, and we know that there are opportunities to mitigate these situations. For instance, uh, the, the member referred to some of the articles, and they referred to forest service roads, and we are committed to improving the work that needs to be done on forest service roads in this, in this province. Um, we've actually created a new forest service road data system, and this allows us to track the uh, road use permit users and also the maintainers on forest service roads. And it's really important work that also needs to be done to, be, to do the inspection on forest service roads. Um, we also made recent changes this last fall to the Forest and Range Practices Act that gives government greater management um, and greater control over forest roads, and it also protects 
protects private, uh, public safety as well as the environment, which is critically important. Uh, we're committed to ensuring the forest service road networks remain safe. At the same time, we've also increased, um, the, the member talked about the River Forecast Centre team. Um, we have, uh, in line with our commitment to climate preparedness and adaption, um, we've increased staffing levels at the uh, River Forecasting Centre. Um, we've added uh, new employees to support river modelling and forecasting as well as uh, recruiting for more employees to come in. Um, we've also brought in, uh, bringing other new roles in uh, that has recently been finalized to focus on uh, information technology and technical capacity, and that will also be posted shortly. We are committed to ensuring that we are prepared for the seasons, regardless of what it brings, and we will do that. Leader of the third party, supplemental. Honourable Speaker, we sure hear a lot from this government about committed to something in the future, committed to things. We did these inputs, but we don't hear a lot about the outcomes. This government has made gaslighting its organizing principle for communications. When pe what people need from this government is to recognize the reality that they are experiencing. Whether it's people who can't get back to their town because it's burnt down and hasn't been rebuilt, farmers who can't grow crops because their fields got flooded, people who can't afford basic necessities like food and rent, people who can't get their cancer test results because they don't have a family doctor. The Premier uses this government's communication machine to pat themselves on the backs and take jabs at their opponents. Meanwhile, they ignore looming crises. They're out of touch with the reality that British Columbians are experiencing. With a few notable exceptions, Minister of Agriculture, Minister of Transport, Minister of Childcare, and the Attorney General, what we have gotten out of the course of budget estimates and question periods in this session is message boxes that don't acknowledge the reality of what British Columbians are telling us. They feel fear, they feel anxiety about the future, they feel financial pressures, and they are experiencing mental health and health impacts, and there is a broken trust with this government. The Premier thinks that to recognize reality is to succumb to despair, but the truth is, Honourable Speaker, being honest is essential to providing hope for a more secure future. My question through you is to the Premier. Can he be honest? about the state of affairs in this province. Government House Leader. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. I think questioning the integrity of any member of this House, uh, particularly the Premier, through a rambling statement without a question uh, attached to it, uh, quite frankly, I find offensive. Members, 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 the chair allowed the statement to be made by the leader of the third party. There was no question yet. Uh, members, 
Members, let's not cross the line. Now let's hear what the government house leader has to say. Thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. And I know the member said there's, there's no question, but there definitely will be an answer. Uh, because in this rambling statement, uh, the, uh, the member uh, sort of went over a whole series of issues. And I just want to set the record straight, Honourable Speaker, that it doesn't matter what the issue is, whether it is in education, whether it is in healthcare, whether it's in transportation, whether it's in forestry, whether it's in land use, this government is working every single day to improve the lives of British Columbians, and we have been doing it with a budget. We have been doing it with a budget that deals with issues around affordability, Honourable Speaker. It's why there's a rebate. It's Members. why there's a rebate going out, Honourable Speaker, as we speak to, 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 to millions of policyholders. Members, members, members will come to order. Members, please continue. Thank you, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. Uh, this government's job is being done every day by ensuring that the priorities of British Columbians come first and foremost. That's what we will do. That's why we're over there, and that's what we will continue to do for the next two and a half years of this session, Honourable Speaker. Member for Caribou-Chilcotin. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. The government may not like to hear it, but uh, there is a health care crisis going on in every single corner of this province. They've shown just exactly how completely disconnected they are from the reality of health care in Caribou-Chilcotin and rural British Columbia. In recent weeks, we've had a 14-year-old unable to get an ambulance for two hours after, get, after going into cardiac arrest. Two hours. Last week, there were 10-hour waits in the emergency department in Caribou Memorial Hospital for multiple patients waiting all night for care. And this past month, we have seen a day where our hospital was staffed at 60% with a patient capacity of 175. The minister must recognize that this crisis, this is a crisis by every single measure. When is this NDP government going to prioritize fixing the health care crisis in this province instead of the Premier's billion-dollar vanity museum project. Minister of Health. Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chair. And, uh, of course, Honourable Speaker, the first visit I made as Minister of Health was to Williams Lake, and it was during the wildfires, to meet with staff uh, at that hospital, Honourable Speaker. And what they said to me is they'd been waiting years for the capital project, the major capital project in Williams Lake to be undertaken. And, well, the question, I believe, was about capital. Uh, that's what I heard, Honourable Speaker. Members, members, members. Honourable Speaker. Members, that will be supplemental. The question was about capital priorities. And, and, and uh, uh, but, Honourable Speaker, so the first meeting I had, and so the first project approved at concept plan was uh, the Caribou Memorial Hospital. The first project approved at business plan after years of wait was the Caribou Memorial Hospital. And the Caribou Memorial Hospital project is going forward and being built. And I think that's an important thing for people in Williams Lake because that is what healthcare workers and nurses and doctors said to me when I first went there. Honourable Speaker, over the last uh, two years and four months now, 
we've been in the midst of the public health emergency, the global public health emergency that is the COVID-19 pandemic. And, Honourable Speaker, the public health emergency that is the overdose crisis that affects, of course, people in the members' community and everywhere else in BC. And that's why, Honourable Speaker, that's why, in this time, we've given such priority to health care. 30,000 more people working in health care today than two years ago. 30,000 more. We know that. We know that, Honourable Speaker. We know that because we count them, Honourable Speaker, and they can repeat inaccurate information all they like, Honourable Speaker, but we actually count the number of people in, that work in healthcare, and it's 30,000 more. The, the challenge and the continuing challenge of the pandemic means that we have to continue to do more, and we are. 604 new nursing spaces, nursing, new nursing spaces in regions of the province, Honourable Speaker. 6,500 new people supporting long-term care, Honourable Speaker, and supports for people around the province. The COVID-19 pandemic, COVID pandemic is not over, Honourable Speaker. The COVID-19 pandemic is not over, and it, infects, it affects interior health more than any other health authority, as the member will know. And we're going to continue to do the work, Honourable Speaker, continue to make the investments, Honourable Speaker, at Caribou Memorial Hospital and everywhere else. Member for Kootenay East. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Mr. Speaker, in my riding, the Elkford Hospital has been closed until further notice since last September, going on a year now, forcing people to drive an hour or two to get to an emergency department. And meanwhile, at the regional hospital, Dr. Kerry Nishi from Cranbrook says, quote, we are in crisis. It is getting worse and worse, including in the East Kootenays. The ship has already hit the iceberg, it is sinking, and the ship is creaking. It feels like we are rearranging the deck chairs as the ship is about to split in half." End quote. Instead of doing something, the Premier is fiddling while the ship is sinking. Why won't the Premier cancel his billion-dollar vanity museum project and take action to fix this crisis? Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable Speaker, the member will know uh, in his constituency and everywhere else the challenges that the health care system has taken over on over the last two years. He'll know, and Honourable Speaker, you know, the, 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 the yelling from the Leader of the Opposition after the second sentence, I think, is, reflects the seriousness with which he takes the issue. In any event, Honourable Speaker, in any event, Honourable Speaker, for two and a half years, health care workers have given everything and have achieved extraordinary things, including in interior health, in the most difficult of circumstances, Honourable Speaker. For example, Honourable Speaker, in March of 2020, significant surgeries were cancelled or delayed in BC, and we made up that. 99% of them were completed, Honourable Speaker. We completed more surgeries in the last year during a pandemic that at any time in the last health care system, including in the last couple of weeks. Members. We are continuing, Honourable Speaker, to support health care everywhere in British Columbia. Everywhere in British Columbia, Honourable Speaker, and they can continue to yell, Honourable Speaker. But the investment in rural health care, the investment and support for health care workers, the addition of health care workers, the raising of long-term care standards, all of these things have taken place during a pandemic. And we're going to continue, Honourable Speaker, to do this work on behalf of the people of BC. 
Member for Abbotsford South. Thank you very much, Honourable Speaker. Tanya is a healthcare worker in Abbotsford, and she says, and I quote, I'm 48, I don't have a family doctor, I have aging parents who need more personalized care with their health complications, and I have a son in university who desperately wants to be a doctor, but the lack of available seats in medical school make it near impossible for her to get in. Unfortunately for Tanya and her family, rather than deal with the current health care crisis, the Premier chooses to build a billion-dollar vanity museum project instead of the promised second medical school in Surrey. Question, why is the Premier's billion-dollar vanity project more important than a second medical school? Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable Speaker, um, when I became Minister of Health, I looked at the situation in the emergency department at Abbotsford Regional General Hospital, a hospital that had only recently been built, by the way. And the emergency, in the emergency room was such a problem, we had to rebuild it, Honourable Speaker, a few years later. We had to rebuild it. And you know what, Honourable Speaker? Concept plan, business plan, project complete in Abbotsford, in his constituency. Members, Honourable Speaker, Members, Honourable Speaker, Members, Order, Member. I assume that are yelling in favour of such a successful project. Now, one, one to 12, Honourable Speaker, across the front bench. Projects in their riding that are underway are being completed. One through 12, Honourable Speaker. I'll save the members the time of listing them off. They're in their ridings. They know what they are, Honourable Speaker. With respect, Honourable Speaker, with respect, in addition, for health care workers in Abbotsford and everywhere else who had their work contracted out by the previous government, their pensions taken away by the previous government, Honourable Speaker. We are bringing those contracts Members. back, Honourable Speaker. Thank you. Thank you, Minister. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and uh, just to wrap up, Honourable Speaker, just to wrap up. Eleven years ago, Honourable Speaker, eleven years ago—it's actually thirteen years ago. Come to think of it, the previous government set standards for long-term care for staffing. They set standards for long-term care for staffing, and Members. when I became Minister of Health, ninety percent of care homes, ninety percent didn't meet those standards. What have we done, Honourable Speaker? We brought the standards up. That's what you do when you take action. Member for Surrey White Rock. Member for Surrey White Rock. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The Premier has prioritized a $1 billion vanity project in his own riding. 
but he is failing to deliver critical support. Reports have confirmed that the victim of a tragic homicide last week in Souk was a client of Community Living BC. Jamie Joe was in his mid-20s and living in a home share, share situation as part of a CLBC program. According to Corinne McKenzie, who looked after Joe for the last six years, Jamie and his companion were both refused supports they needed from that ministry. And I quote, they both aged out, the supports dropped off, and everybody pointed the finger at everybody else and said, it's your job. Had either one of them gotten the supports they deserved, they would, haven't, they would have not been in the situation, end quote. Despite repeated attempts by Jamie's caregiver to seek further support for him in the months leading up to his homicide, she was fired, in her words, for causing too much trouble. Can the minister responsible stand up and explain why his ministry failed time and time again to give this individual the supports they needed that could potentially have saved this man's life. Minister of Social Development and Poverty Reduction. Uh, sorry. Minister. Thank you, uh, thank you, Honorable Speaker, and I appreciate the question from the member opposite. And my first thought is obviously to express my condolences for all those who've been impacted by this tragedy. Um, as the member well knows, the current situation is under active investigation, and it would be absolutely inappropriate of me to make further comment other than to say that uh, every situation that comes across my desk is a, an opportunity to, uh, to uh, figure, um, learn, and address issues, but as it's under investigation, it would be inappropriate for me to speak about the specific incident. Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, this is a, a very serious situation. And unfortunately, many... Please continue. And unfortunately, based on, on previous actions by this minister, many uh, that seek help from CLBC don't have a lot of faith in the ministry and the minister right now. The question was fairly straightforward. Why did the minister not take appropriate actions before the death? Not about the investigation now. Why was there not proper steps being taken before the death by the ministry that he is directly responsible for to prevent this unnecessary death from happening in the first place? Minister. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and uh, thank you for the question. Uh, as I mentioned, this is an active investigation. It's inappropriate for me to comment about it. I would point out that Community Living BC provides support to thousands of British Columbians, and uh, the, uh, the, the Community Living BC addresses issues as they arise. And since this is an investigation that is currently active, uh, the member well knows that it would be inappropriate for me to comment any further. The bell ends the question period.